Welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Woods Valley News Dartmouth Football Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Rosenberg. Well, for the first time in more than a month, we are coming to you after a big green win. Dartmouth taking last week's game 27-24 at Columbia as Ryan Block, who came back out of retirement and won the job as the starting kicker, nailed the game-winning field goal with just four seconds left to give the Big Green their first Ivy League victory. Block had missed a field goal earlier in the fourth quarter, and the Lions were sitting pretty with two minutes left after forcing and recovering a fumble deep in Dartmouth territory, but the Big Green defense held. Columbia missed a 29-yard field goal, and Nick Howard re-entered the game to lead the offense down the field and set up Block's game winner. Lions made a bunch of other mistakes, too. Their first drive, they made it all the way down to the Dartmouth one-yard line, then fumbled a snap, which the Big Green recovered 25 yards behind the original line of scrimmage. Columbia also had a punt that traveled one yard backward, another punt that was blocked by Robert Crockett III and recovered in the end zone for a Dartmouth touchdown by Tavita Moimoy. The Lions also muffed a big green punt in the second quarter, which Dartmouth recovered and scored on the ensuing short field. This week, Dartmouth is back in Hanover. They'll face Harvard. Much tougher test. Uh, it'll be homecoming weekend at Memorial Field. The Crimson suffered their first Ivy League loss last week, a 37-10 beatdown at home to undefeated Princeton on a Friday night. Harvard is still a very dangerous team, though. They've got a top-10 run defense in the FCS, led by three players with at least eight tackles for loss. Thor Griffin, Truman Jones, and Nate Leskovec, each of whom also have at least three sacks. On offense, running back Aiden Bourget is averaging just under 120 rush yards per game with seven touchdowns. Quarterback is Charlie Dean. While his completion rate is under 60%, he'll be up against a depleted secondary and a defense that has allowed opposing passers to complete throws at the highest rate in the Ivy League. He'll throw many of those passes to Kim Wimberly, who's got three times as many receptions as anyone else on the Crimson, and three touchdown catches. Now to look further into this matchup, here's my weekly interview with Dartmouth head coach Buddy Tevens. So I'm joined once again by head coach Buddy Tevens, coming off a win last weekend at Columbia, getting ready for the homecoming game on Saturday at 1.30 against Harvard. Coach, how are you doing? Well, a lot better this week. It's nice to win and the bus ride back and the practice tempo and everything has been you know, on the upswing. So uh, we'd like to do it again this weekend. Yeah, what was the mood like coming back up from New York after you know, a long-awaited, much-needed win? Yeah, the guys were ecstatic. Uh, when you you haven't tasted victory for a period of time, uh, it's like that the glass of water that you need uh, at a critical point. And uh, yeah, it was close. Uh, Well-contested game came down. It was exciting. Yeah, the the final seconds. But coming out on top kind of reaffirmed hey, what the guys are doing, the work ethic, the attitude, the commitment. You know, there is some some payoff in the end. Yeah. What did your team learn about itself last week over the course of that game, which was, you know, as you said last week, just a weird game in a lot of ways. You know, just resilience uh, and just uh, confidence in uh, a willingness to kind of just put yourself out there. Uh, you know, kind of the highlight of it for us was uh, Ryan Block, you know, uh, misses a critical kick in a critical time frame in the fourth quarter. And rather than just kind of go and slink back to the sideline, he just, okay, hey, you know, I hope I get another chance, which he did and crushed it. 
And uh, so that kind of symbolized the team during the course of the day. You know, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. And uh, it finished off on a very, very positive note. Uh, I was very proud of Nick Howard, you know, the drive at the end of the game, two minute, uh, we have no timeouts and, you know, minute and 11, we got to go the distance and uh, managed to make some plays to uh, allow us to put points on the board. Yeah, I was going to say he had one completion for the entire game going to that drive. He had four on that final series. What does that say about him and, you know, obviously the work that he put in to prepare to be the guy who could not just run it but really throw it? Well, you know, he's been nicked up. Uh, he carried the ball a lot early in the season, and it's still he's carrying some of the uh, the scars and damage, if you will. Uh, and so we're playing sparingly with him. Uh, but when we needed him, he's, he stepped up. And I think just uh, his leadership, and I think he engenders a confidence in our guys. You know, literally he hadn't practiced a two-minute offense in probably a month. And uh, we're in that situation. Uh, Dylan Cadwallader was nicked up a little bit on uh, a sack that occurred just prior. So he wasn't ready to go. And it was, okay, Nick, this is your, your deal. And just with confidence and with accuracy and, and again, great leadership, move the ball right down the field. I mean, we couldn't afford with the time frame and no timeouts not to make every play count. And that's exactly what he did. Started off with that screen to Paxton Scott, uh, well blocked by uh, Q Jones and, and uh, Alex Jurassi, 28 yards. That kind of started the momentum. And then kind of continuing from there and the, the, the last one, you know, kind of a seam split uh, pass to Paxton and put us right in field goal position, spike it with eight seconds left. So you can't operate any more effectively than that. Yeah. Is Dylan going to be all ready to go this weekend or? Yeah, he, he's fine. He came back on. He held on the, you know, the, the PAT situation. He's practiced every day and he's uh, he had a real good day yesterday, uh, as did Nick. And I think the, you know, it's taken us a while to work that two quarterback situation out. But I think they're both comfortable with what they can do. And the fact that they each can do what the other can do as well, uh, maybe not to the degree, but uh, Dylan's throwing the ball uh, well. Uh, Nick is doing the same. Uh, uh, Dylan can run the football. Uh, Nick is doing, you know, what Nick does, uh, tough physical quality of play. So it's it challenges the defense and, and gives us great comfort knowing we've got two guys that can lead the team. Yeah, you had a few more guys banged up in that Columbia game, especially in the defensive backfield. How are some of those guys doing? It just seems like every yeah, week. Well, it, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I've never been as, through a season literally my entire career like this. Uh, and our numbers right now are up in the 20s of guys that have started uh, or played in games that are no longer playing. Uh, and it's uh, guys last week, uh, Vashon Ray, uh, we're still waiting to find uh, the final version of what happened, but he will not play this weekend. Uh, Amir Braxton, another guy that uh, went down during the course of play. Uh, Tyron Herring uh, came out early. So there's just kind of a list in the in the, in the back end. Literally, we were adjusting guys on the sideline who had never played corner. Uh, Leonard St. Gordon, who's a safety for us, we said, hey, you got you to play left corner. You know, we're short. And he went out and God bless him. He did everything he could uh, to help us. With a week to go, uh, we were able to kind of acclimate some of the younger guys. Uh, you probably see some younger faces and names that you've not seen before. You know, a couple of reasons for that. One, necessity. Uh, secondly, with the uh, transfer portal and the NCAA rules, uh, players can play four games and with four remaining, all the young guys can play. Uh, so a lot of contributors in special teams areas because that's uh, a lot of our skill guys have been getting hurt. And uh, those are the, the spots that you can really fill in with some guys that you know can run and chase the ball. Yeah, now looking at Harvard, sure seems like their defensive front is what stands out. So what kind of challenge is that going to present for your offensive line and running game? 
you know, we, we face some tough ones. Penn uh, was stingy, uh, Yale was stingy, uh, UNH. So this is kind of right, right in keeping with what we've seen. Uh, statistically, they are the best in the league against the run. They have the highest uh, sack uh, ratio uh, in the league as well. So our offensive line is going to have to play extremely well. I think we've made uh, incremental progress each uh, each time we, we set, set, set foot on the field, uh, but need a real good effort. Uh, homecoming certainly be a great time for that. Uh, and then we also, we've got to maintain the, the commitment to the run. Uh, I thought we did a much better job on Saturday, mixing and matching uh, plays. We had a lot more carries and productivity on the, on the ground, but interspersed with play action and drop back pass. I think the key is get the ball out of your hand quickly in the pass game against these guys, but also uh, be content to pick up three, four yards in a run play and uh, not, not grow impatient. Yeah, for sure. The defense, uh, for you guys, gave up a couple big runs early last week and then settled in. What are they going to see against Aiden Borgay and company? Yeah, now he's as good a back as we've seen all season long. In uh, great speed, he's a, a stout kid, uh, runs hard. They, they're not afraid to hand him the football, so he'll have 20, 25 carries a game uh, and has breakaway speed. You know, we were fortunate last week, uh, two big runs for 113, 14 yards uh, on two plays, just a poor tackling. Guys in a position and kind of eased up. Uh, there's a pile, and all of a sudden the backs emerge from a pile. We can't uh, afford that against Harvard. You know, those breakaways which we tackled and were not tremendously damaging to us last week will be devastating this week. Your guy picks it and goes 60, 70 yards. Uh, it's, it's not going to, it doesn't bode well for the big green. Uh, but uh, we have guys that are playing more. Josiah Green, young guy, is two games under his belt now. Uh, and again, McCorkle has been in there, is playing uh, effectively for us. Uh, Danny Cronin has been uh, playing more steady uh, play and more play as a linebacker. Braden Mullen uh, has really stepped up and played. Uh, in in uh, absence of Mac Ayers, uh, Joe Heffernan has been pretty co consistent with us. Uh, the back end, again, that's kind of the question mark with some new new faces, but it will show up. We'll compete hard, and we've got guys that can play. So uh, we're excited to, to uh, as Saturday approaches. Yeah, what do you make of Harvard's mindset? Not all, coming off not only a close loss against you guys last year, but also last week's game under the lights at home when Prince just took it to them. You know, a couple of different things. One, they could kind of flatten out. Uh, they have an extra day of recovery. They could just really be jacked up and excited. Obviously, the recent history uh, with Dartmouth. Uh, so you don't know. And as I tell our players, we can't worry about that. It's what do we do and how do we play? Uh, we had a, a poor practice on Tuesday. Uh, mistakes, mis misalignments. I don't think we coached uh, a, a great practice uh, on Tuesday. And then Wednesday was as good a practice as we've had. So I think kind of the mindset just kind of building towards uh, game day. Uh, we abbreviate practice a little bit on Thursday and we'll get out, but hit all the, the, the key points uh, and make sure we're sharp. Uh, we need great intensity. I think with homecoming, there should be great emotion. There should be a great crowd. The weather's supposed to be nice. So we need a great effort against a very good football team. Yeah, I was just going to say homecoming rivalry game. Looks like the weather is going to be nice. Uh, what kind of crowd and atmosphere are you expecting? Well, it's, you know, it's, we, we played, I think this will be our third homecoming opportunity, one of our plays, two at someone else's, and they're always better attended. They are louder. Uh, kind of last week, as you saw down at the Columbia, kind of raucous uh, environment. Uh, it's fun to play in that uh, deal. A lot of alums coming back. Uh, they're drifting in now. We're starting to see some old faces and friends. A lot of our former players will be up. 
uh, a lot of families will be up for the first time. You know, having a, a bonfire in the first time in a, in a long time uh, is it will be kind of special. And, uh, homecoming at Dartmouth is it's kind of a unique experience. And to have it back again, have our guys have an opportunity to engage in it uh, really will be special. Yeah, sounds great. Well, thanks so much again for joining me every, like every weekend. Should be another fun game on Saturday. Thanks. thanks, Ben. Thanks, as always, to Coach for joining me. We already mentioned Princeton's 37-10 win over Harvard last Friday night. The Tigers are now the clear favorites to win the Ivy League. Andre Iosivas made nine catches for 176 yards for Princeton, catching a 61-yard touchdown on a flea flicker. Blake Stenstrom was 18 of 27 passing for 278 yards and three scores. Penn also stayed perfect, handing Yale its first Ivy League loss. How about the Quakers surprising everybody with their undefeated start so far? Jonathan Mulatu, a one-yard touchdown run with 20 seconds left, giving Penn the 20-13 victory after the game was delayed by an hour at halftime for a student protest against fossil fuel investments. Aiden San was 28 of 43 passing for Penn for 298 yards and a touchdown at Franklin Field. Cornell edging Brown 24 to 21. The Big Red picking up their first Ivy League victory. The Bears appeared to score a go-ahead touchdown in the final minute, but video review showed the runner stepped out of bounds before reaching the end zone. Shortly thereafter, defensive lineman Max Linden forced a fumble, which the Big Red recovered to secure the win. Matt Robert caught two touchdown passes for Cornell and Eddie Tillman, rushing for 130 yards. For Brown quarterback Jake Wilcox was 27 out of 44 for 260 yards and a touchdown, but he could not prevent the Bears from staying winless in the Ivy League. Friday night game this week will see Columbia, also still seeking its first Ivy League win, hosting Yale. Penn visits Brown on Saturday afternoon, and Princeton hosts Cornell. That's going to be it for this week. You can keep up with our episodes on Anchor.fm, on our website, vnews.com, or our, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at BXRosenberg, and follow the Valley News Sports Desk on Twitter at sports underscore VN, and on Instagram at Valley News Sports. Hope you enjoyed listening to Inside the Woods, and be sure to check out the Valley News every day for more Dartmouth football and Upper Valley sports content. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.